You are Locked On Browns, your daily podcast covering the Cleveland Browns, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Good evening, everybody, for what will be your Thursday edition of Locked On Browns. Obviously, we got a bunch out here this week. You know, the post-game show, uh, then obviously uh, PFF Night with John Costco, you know, always a pleasure doing those shows. You know, Pete and I put together the uh, Twitter mailbag. Um, look, if we continue to put, put out that extra one, we'll see how it goes. I mean, just trying to, you know, state, look, if you guys have questions, you know, and we're able to put the content out, obviously we're going to do that. Uh, your crossover episode um, <clears throat> with Kevin Ostreicher from Lockdown Ravens. Obviously, we got that up midday today. Um, he actually came in with a couple of good things and some stuff, and I went actually today and looked a little deeper into the Ravens. We'll, we'll try to squeak that in here today, or you'll definitely get it on the pregame show. Um, the Ravens are defensively are a lot different than they used to be. And we'll eventually get into that. Uh, sit down here with Pete and we'll get something up for you guys tomorrow. Obviously pregame show, all that stuff ahead of Sunday's 1 PM kickoff from Baltimore, uh, Pete Smith, Jeff Lloyd, your local experts on the biggest stories, anything Cleveland Brown wise for your daily delivery of all things dog pound. Uh, I, I guess Pete, the starter of the day, um, in, you know, Everybody, you know, uh, Baker's never going to change. Just stop with this. This, this is who he is. He's always going to be this. And for me, you know, and, and part of it is, and I think it was Ryan Burns who put up a good point of this is, so many reporters are sitting there going, "It'd be great if Baker could give us a line. It'd be great if Baker could give us a line." And we're all going to get a bunch of reads. Baker, give us a line. Baker gives you a line. Everybody runs with it. And so you can get some reads and, well, he really shouldn't talk like that. Or, you know, once again, Baker's being boisterous and da 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 But my thing with this whole thing, Pete, is, is if Rex Ryan's going to be the guy that says Baker Mayfield needs to stop talking, Rex, Rex Ryan, just shut up. Seriously. Uh, you know, and, uh, nobody talks more about a guy who did mediocre stuff as a coach than Rex Ryan. Well, I mean, if there's an expert on being overrated, it would be uh, Rex Ryan, which is fine. Uh, it's whatever. Look, when <clears throat> you're Baker Mayfield and you have this reputation coming out of college, that you're cocky and all these other things, even if you're not cocky in saying things, uh, the way that he was built up, you were going to have a line of people try to take him down a notch if he hasn't played well. And he hasn't played well. Um, and that's just sort of the deal. Uh, but that doesn't mean that he's not going to sort of defend himself you know or whatever a little bit of a clap back here a little little shot um but he and freddie kitchens have acknowledged the whole way that you know i, I mean at one point to, uh, the sort of middle of training camp end of training camp somewhere in that neighborhood maybe it'd been uh, even the preseason tony grossi asked something along the lines if this put a bigger target on bigger Mayfield's back in regards to something uh and Freddie rightly basically pointed out, you know, he's got a target on his back. It doesn't matter what the size is. People want to shut him up, beat him, whatever. And that's what's happening here. So, I mean, the fact that anybody's talking about Rex Ryan is a step up for Rex Ryan at this point. Exactly. I mean, Rex Ryan was trending today on Twitter. Um, I don't even know if Rex Ryan was trending on Twitter when he was a head coach in this league. Um, look, Baker's not going to change. Baker, yes, it's it's always there. But it's funny, though. You see these games, and you see them. You know, I remember last year with Perfect, and, you know, Perfect would knock out his mother in a game if it mattered. Uh, Aaron Donald. You see him around all these guys, 
and you see the body language and you know those words being spoke back and forth, it's not like any of these guys are going out there where they have an issue with Baker Mayfield. Um, on the field, it seems like he's respectful of the talent he's going against. He's no dummy. He knows how good these guys are. So it's like it's just fabrication of stuff to get us from Tuesday to Thursday night till we actually have football to talk about again. Well, and the other part of this is he and Freddie Kitchens are both lightning rods. For better or worse, you know, whatever gets talked about, <clears throat> they are going to be the focus. And in certain cases, that's really beneficial. Obviously, uh, Freddie Kitchens is, is trying to be in certain respects in terms of when it comes to anything blame-related, he wants to take all of it, um, which is why he sort of took a, a weird tact when he was asked about you know, Todd Munkin take, calling plays is – he could have answered it better, but it basically it made him sound like he was overly sensitive. But all he's really trying to do is basically say, look, you're not, you're not going to get us to a point where we're, you know, divided. And that was sort of how he, he took that uh, thought. And in the same respect, Baker Mayfield has, has openly said this about um, questions he's been asked that – you know, he's basically said something to the effect of, I know what you're trying to do. I'm not going to take the bait. You're not going to divide us type thing. So in that respect, having everything sort of fall on those two is useful. And then it sort of, those, those two know exactly what the deal is. It's not, you can't hide from anything when you're Baker Mayfield, you can't hide anything when you're the head coach of the Cleveland Browns. So in that sense, it's sort of beneficial. The other sense is you just get this piling on, aspect where all these people are suddenly going well Baker Mayfield's overrated he's not good whatever when coming into the season he had some of the best you know he was one of the top five in terms of odds for the MVP yep so it's it's one of those things it's very convenient it, it's a way to get clicks whatever um, ultimately it doesn't mean anything because if the Browns come out and he plays well and, and they beat the Ravens then everybody's going to basically shut up and if they don't, they're going to keep talking, which is fine. Uh, it's just maybe it's because I'm busy enough where I, I, I just – it just feels like noise that doesn't really matter. And, it, you know, anyone who get, wants to get their sort of pop shots off now, go ahead. In the same respect that I would say anyone trying – anyone looking to sell their, their Baker Mayfield stock, I will buy all of it because right. <laughs> he's one, he's going to get through this and he's going to be a really, really good quarterback. He's – uh, he, he's going to be one of the premier quarterbacks in the NFL. Uh, even if he's having a, you know, a sophomore slump right now, he will be fine. They will get through it and he's going to play good football. It's just a question of when, uh, certainly the Browns would like it to be, be earlier than later, but if it's now it's great. If it's after the bye week whatever, ultimately they're going to get there and he's going to be a phenomenal quarterback. And look, somebody's going to get dunked on soon. Somebody's defense is going to get dunked on heavily by this offense. It's coming. It, it, somebody's going to, and all of a sudden, oh, 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 okay, I guess they are kind of what we thought they were. There's just too much there. And look, I love David Njoku, fantastic young player. He's not going to be enough that's going to stop this from getting there. Somebody's going to get on the wrong end of this. And, you know, they're going to get their frustration out. It's going to be suited in later. On the injury well, front. By the way, speaking of that, I, I thought it was interesting that Eric Weddle, who at one point last yep. year when he was with the Ravens, talked about how he, he thought they could add a bunch of interceptions. 
And then this year, after the after the, the Rams, you know, beat the Browns, came out and said, "Don't worry, he's a stud." It, it's interesting uh, to have him because he obviously didn't have to come out and say that. I, I would just say it's interesting. But again, I, I, I think anyone with any sense knows that Baker Mayfield is going to get through this and be very, very good. But that maybe also gets back to my point of you know what's going on on the field between Baker and these players, you know, what your peers say of you says a lot. And Eric Whittle didn't have to say anything, had to say, Hey, you know, Hey, he had a tough night. You know, I mean, it's a tough, it's tough to be a quarterback in this league. Sometimes the defenses are good, but no, went out of his way to let people know that he thought there was something within this kid. And obviously got to see him twice last year. And now we're, you know, I don't know if there's another defender defender to this point who's seen him three times, but yeah, great point on, uh, putting that out there as far as, you know, uh, Weddle giving him, you know, essentially a kudos. And Eric Weddle speaks about players in the NFL. You certainly want to, you know, open up your ears and listen. With, with Vivid Seats, listeners can watch their favorite teams and artists perform in person, earning credit back on all purchases made through the Vivid Seats app via the Vivid Seats loyalty reward program. Look, we all love a night out, whether it's seeing our favorite band, in person or being there in the crowd to cheer on a favorite team. Uh, obviously, you know, if you're a theater buff as well with vivid seats, with vivid seats, rewards, loyalty program, you can attend the concert or show of your choice and earn credit towards your next live event. Vivid seats is the top source for tickets for all the live events you want to go to. You can sort by price or look for seats in the section and row of your choice, all within the vivid seats app. To make things even better, Vivid Seats now has this loyalty program that allows fans to earn their credit back. Uh, it is the Vivid Seats Rewards Program. For the month of September, earn double credit back from 10 to 16% on all your purchases through their app. Go to the App Store, Google Play if it applies, download the app. Fans are automatically enrolled in the Vivid Seats Rewards Loyalty Program. Every purchase is backed by a 100% buyer guarantee. So whether it's concert, games, theater, Vivid has it all. Like I said, download the app, join the rewards loyalty program, make a memory that lasts a lifetime, and let Vivid Seats through their app help you get to your favorite live event. Use the promo code KICKOFF at checkoff to receive a discount of up to $100. At the end of a, week, end of a hard week, it's great to sit down, take some time off, and watch some football. Game-winning touchdowns on two-minute drives, running backs racing down the sidelines when no one to stop them. There's nothing else like the NFL. And there's no better way to make the games even more exciting than to bet on them. So do the smart thing. Go to mybookie.ag. No one gives you more ways to win than they do. MyBookie's got the fastest payouts and better lines than any other sportsbook, period. Don't forget, where you're betting your money is just as important as who you are betting your money on. And mybookie.ag is the best in the business. It's where I play. It's where you should play as well. I would only recommend a service that's been good to me in the past. Look, they've been here for two years. Obviously, if they're advertising on all around NFL shows, that tells you something. That tells you the staying power of their company. Um, you can bet over-unders, uh, live in-game betting. Um, look, if you didn't, you know, if it's not going your way by halftime, go in, backdoor your way, save yourself some money. That's the joy of what you can do with the stuff at MyBookie. Use the promo code LOCKEDON. They will match your initial deposit 100%. So literally 250 They give you 250 If you know what you're doing, you should not have to put any more money in there. MyBookie.ag. You play. 
you win, you get paid. We're going to get to a bunch of litter, uh, listener questions here today. Uh, first things first, Pete, uh, you know, starting hopefully to get some players back um, health-wise. Uh, Demarius Randall out of the protocol. He was back at practice today. Um, look, Demarius Randall, it, it's a tough spot for him. You know, missed two games here. I don't think what he brings to this team, they lost much. Uh, I Just come back and play. Don't try to, you know, make up what you missed. And I know there's a big contract in the future. Find your way back in here to Marius Randall. And we're going to need you this week to play that deep safety because if there's anybody that can extend your defense deep in the passing game, it is certainly Hollywood Brown. Well, it, it, it's good to have Randall back for, for the fact that Randall is a is their best free safety option. But it also frees up Eric Murray to do some of those other things he's been doing. because And also eliminates the fact that your main whitehead may ever take a snap. But go ahead. Yeah, that's the fact he's on the team is, is a freaking upset. Um, it, 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 Eric Murray's playing free safety. I thought he did a fine job in that role. He's not as good as Randall, and he's not supposed to be. But it also means now he can do uh, whether it's a strong, more likely it's some slot stuff, whatever. It now enables him to do sort of he's sort of that uh, handyman type guy, and he does a lot of little things well, uh, and can do make some plays. So it just gives them a little more flexibility in how they want to use their secondary. So it's good, and and I agree. I, I think the worst thing Randall can do is come out like he did in week one, uh, which is bad. Uh, just not good at all. Uh, see that in the two games he, he missed and then try to overdo things. He just needs to do his, do his job and, and play well from that standpoint uh, because that could make a big difference. Uh, but it's, you know, we get, they get one guy back and then another guy goes on the injured report. I didn't even ever see if they ever updated it with uh, Deverell Lawrence. Um, but yeah. uh, no, there was, no, it was just a, wasn't there. So I, I mean, you know, it almost seems a little bit like Mac Wilson had that day last week where he was not there. Um, I don't know. I mean, I hope it's certainly not injury related, but it was, uh, it basically did not practice and it was okay as far as the team said. So with, when it comes to hamstrings, you never really know, uh, you know, it could be, you know, they they, they just want them to get fully healthy and they don't want to potentially re-aggravate. Uh, anything in practice and maybe they plan on having them back uh, later in the week so they can play because obviously having Denzel Ward back for to cover Marquise Brown would be ideal. Uh, that's sort of the, you know, the dream matchup for the Browns in that case, because he's built to play that sort of type of guy. Uh, but yeah, uh, Randall coming back is big, but certainly there's a pile of guys they'd like to have back. And look, that's just part of it. I mean, it's stuff you're going to have to deal with and, it sucks, but I mean, we we told you these guys through the offseason ad nauseum, they got so lucky injury wise in 2018. There was no way you were going to double up on that again. And for the most, look, just be happy with this. It, Najoku, it's a wrist injury. It's not an Achilles. It's not a knee. So it's not, they haven't gotten crushed necessarily by the injury bug, but, you know, a little bit bitten. And look, it happens. And, but, it wasn't going to go as well as it did last year. It, the odds just were not in their favor in that respect. Anyhow, anyway, um, this is from uh, the Jake, the Jake pod. Um, th- 
it's quiet. Um, look, as far as contract extensions, whether it's Joe Schobert, whether it's J.C. Treader, um, Pete, we're trending more and more away from that. I think everybody and their brother and their brother's dog kind of realizes this is going to be the end of Demarius Randall. The question is, how do you, how does this front office who, well, I mean, part of them did bring in J.C. Treader, yes. Um, but with Joe Schobert, look, if it's going to be Mac Wilson for another couple of years on a fifth round salary, you can pay Joe. Um, JC is essential. These are ones, I mean, I hate to have this conversation for a hundredth time, but these are core guys. I mean, you know, granted, you know, other people wear the captain C and look, Christian Kirksey, fantastic guy. But for him to get that C over Joe Schobert this year, just wasn't right. Uh, J.C. Treader probably deserves one just as much as anybody else. It's great you got a bunch of flat-out, incredibly skilled stars, but you need some guys, nuts and bolts type of dudes who just get it done week in, week out, day in, day out, and that's what Joe and J.C. are. Um, <clears throat> as far as Kirksey, he's revered. He, he, you know, the players voted him. It was, it was going to be an easy win no matter what. Uh, but as far as Treader and Schobert, they feel like layups, and they feel like layups the Browns aren't taking. Um, again, uh, J.C. Treader played on one leg last year and was effective. This year he's playing as good at, as good at center as anybody in the league. Um, he is one of two very good linemen on this team. Um, and – you know, he wants to stay here. It would be very easy, I think, to get that deal done for a couple of more years uh, and, you know, keep your Baker Mayfield's center intact, uh, give that group direction and where that's going in the same respect. Even if you love Mac Wilson and, and Sione Takitaki, you can't guarantee them. And, uh, you know, for all the talk about how I have to hear about J Jarvis Landry's veteran leadership, you know, the, the idea here is essentially that you would be letting Chris Kirksey go and letting Joe Schobert go so that there would be no veteran at linebacker uh, that has any meaningful gravitas or impact. And you'd be losing the guy who's calling your defense. You'd be <coughs> your guys to call the defense. You'd have one premium contract at linebacker. You'd have those two young guys. Uh, it just makes all the sense in the world to get this done. He's playing – PFF has him as sixth uh, a linebacker overall. I, I, I could care less where you rank him if you watch him on Sundays. Already created two turnovers. Actually created two and took one on himself. Uh, but uh, if, you, if you pay any attention to the game of football when the Browns are on it, Joe Schobert is all over the place. All the, even the criticisms that were lobbied at him last year, we can't play the run and you can't tackle, have been proven complete crap. This year, uh, obviously having a shocker, having a real defensive tackle at the three technique has made a massive difference for him and ding, he's ding, ding. good and he's healthy. So this always set up for him to have a career year and thus far it's happening. So again, those feel like layups. Uh, I, there are still people and I'm not saying they're wrong that they shouldn't want Demarius Randall. I, I, I just have a difficult time justifying uh, paying him a top 10 contract because he's not a top 10 safety. Uh, and if, if, and it's, you know, obviously it's hard to sort of really 
argue this, but it, you did, if you if you didn't miss Demarius Randall the past two weeks, what are you really paying for at that point? Obviously, when Joe Schobert was out, the defense was a mess uh, yep. last year. To the man, these guys actually said it and admitted it, but go ahead. But, yeah, so, you know, this is one of those things where I don't don't know what the plan is for Dorsey and company. I would like to think there is one where they're going to get these guys done. I'd really hate for them to wait until, you know, they're trying to get all these deals done uh, in the offseason before they all hit the market. I, you know, to me, I think it's just one, you can get them cheaper because you're giving them security a year earlier and they know where they're going to be to get them the deal done. And you're going to protect your cap and give this team a direction. I think it would send a message to the locker room that you're rewarding guys who have laid it all on the line. And in the case of Schobert, it's a homegrown guy. You, you drafted this guy. He's worked out for you. He's been great. In the case of Tritter, he's a free agent that came from another place where his career didn't hadn't gone where he, the way he'd like because of injuries and you have an opportunity where he's earned it clearly has the respect of anyone who's been around him is a is a smart guy a leader guy who can call it all the protections all those things like he's these are guys who are, embody the franchise and what you want them to sort of represent and again they, they just seem very easy and I don't you know the criticism of Dorsey one of them it was very justified was he waited too long to get extensions done and did them out of order. And here we are. And we're sitting here with these easy to get done extensions or at least seemingly easy. And we haven't even raised the conversation. Yeah. I mean, like he walked into this gig with, you know, at the time it was one player who had, you know, one player on the roster who was a pro bowl player, you know, Hey, you know what, here, here's a whole bunch of money up front. And then we kind of got you stuck around here for a while. You know, all the easy stuff that could have been done with Joe Schobert. But be that as may, here it is. Uh, Dale Harris, and this kind of actually is a great transition from the one we just talked about. Um, People are getting caught up in this again, and this is where Dale's point comes from, is last year a lot of talk was about how strong the interior offensive line is to Baker and not so much as the tackle play. This year, again, people are harping on the tackle play, which the funniest thing is for it's essentially the same two tackles as last year. Um, and, and, and this is another one where it comes with Joel Batonio. And we'll go through this. Guys, Joel was on with us. You know, Pete's got a history with Joel Batonio going back to when, you know, Joel was at the senior bowl. It's not that Joel wouldn't consider playing left tackle. And maybe that's changed some now as he's gotten – more and more established in the league. But, you know, to be a guard as opposed to being a left tackle, it's a different deal. You want to be able to be more athletic. Um, so I'm fine with Joel at left guard. You can address the tackle positions otherwise. But, yes, Pete, nothing's changed. It's still the interior to Baker that is the most important. Well, the misconception people seem to have with Joel Batonio is this idea that he didn't want to play tackle when all he ever said was he wanted the, uh, uh, he's a perfectionist. He wanted enough time to sort of really prepare for it. Tell me at the walkout end of the year meeting that you're, I'm going to play left tackle next year. And I got you guys. Right. Like the thing he didn't like was the fact that it was like a couple weeks before the season starts and it was boom, go to tackle. Like, you know, this isn't high school. You know, you don't want to have to switch positions like that on the fly. You want to be able to, Get your foot rope right. Like, he's a very detail-oriented guy who, wants, who takes it very seriously and wants to be right. He doesn't want to be sort of feeling it out. But 
when he was at tackle, he was very, very good at it. And of course. And I know that the Miles Garrett is the one who told, said as much. And he obviously played it in, in Nevada and was very good at it. Um, there's a couple things as far as – Baker Mayfield is a shorter quarterback, so there's an, an inherent advantage to you want to keep uh, the space in front of him cleaner. Guys hate stuff around their feet in general. So there's that aspect. And then you play to your division, and the division includes Cameron Hayward and Stephon Tewitt twice a year, Geno Atkins twice a year, the Ravens' uh, various defensive tackles twice a year. It's not, you know, a edge rusher division. Like, T.J. Watt is okay. Carlos Dunlap is a very good player, albeit older. The Ravens have, like, Matt Judon and stuff. Like, you got to block Geno Atkins or he's going to beat you, like, single-handedly. That's how good he is. And you saw it with Aaron Donald. Like, it's very important. So, if you look at, like, the Saints as sort of a model for this type of quarterback, when they got Drew Brees, they built inside out. They paid heavy money uh, to get guards and a center. And then they found and drafted their tackles and ultimately got uh, Ryan Ramchick and uh, the big athletic tackle that they sort of built up a uh, small school guy. I can't think of third round pick. Anyway. So Three Armstead. yeah, yes, yes. Taron Armstead. So, and they, 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 you know, before that they had some tackles, they essentially found and just threw in there because they were more concerned about keeping the space in front of him, giving him a place to step up. So, it's not to suggest that tackle doesn't matter. It absolutely matters, and you don't want to have a weakness there, as clearly illustrated by what's going on right now. They need to upgrade those, those positions. But <clears throat> having an a, a interior of Joe Batonio, J.C. Treader, and what I believe will ultimately be Wyatt Teller is a strong pass-protecting group that can keep space, uh, and then you get tackles. I think Drew Forbes is going to be one, and then a first-round pick uh, next year is going to be the other. And it's not that you, I mean, the, the more they can do, the more it allows their uh, run blocking to be better, which is an area where they can sort of get, get better at. But in terms of pass protection, yes, you want him to protect the blind side, and all those things. It just comes down to, if I have to choose where the pressure is coming from, I'd rather it come from the outside than the interior. Well, and this is one thing that we talk about, and this is why, you know, and, and look, you know, I, you know, I love me some pass rushers. I love me some edge rushers. But this is what Pete talks about all the time with interior guys and what was the love for Ed Oliver is it's a shorter path. It's less strides. And if the guys in front of them ain't capable, guess what? The quarterback's done before he even hits his drop step. And that is the importance. And, look, there is a lot of great interior defensive line play in this NFL right now. You've got to worry about those guys just as much because their path is shorter. And you talk about uh, Joel, you talk about JC, and uh, you know, w- w- with what will maybe probably be Wyatt Teller sooner than later is you know, they're big guys, they're tough guys, and they'll win in a phone booth. And that's where Baker can step up. You, everybody, no, we don't want him going right. We don't want him going left. Well, then, you know, get it to the point where he's got confidence that these guys are going to hold up and he can step up. And, look, losing Zeitler was tough, but, you know, $12 million for a right guard. You know, I'll always speak well of Kevin Zeitler, but $12 million for a right guard, a pass rusher. Nobody's complaining about the defense right now. Everyone wants to, you know, you can't replay the poker hand. 
everybody loves the defense right now, but in the same respect, oh, well, we kind of wish we had Zeitler. Well, then maybe the defensive line would be the same thing it is right now. So you can't. He's really good. Who? Vernon. Olivia Vernon, and this and this goes back to, and I know I've mentioned this before, is sitting in meetings as a player in college football and having, you know, guys who say, you know, oh, well, you know, the coaches give him a little bit more love, but he's not grading out anywhere near. You know, there's you grade out, you do your assignment, you're a really good football player. You, the, the stats will come your way. And, it, look, it's a little bit of an unfair advantage because – you know, Olivier Vernon is a good player. He's a good athlete. He's the bookend to a once – and what would you say Miles is really, Pete? Maybe a once-every-five-year type of athletic freak as an edge rusher? Maybe a decade? Yeah, I mean, he's, he's a Bruce Smith-type player. I mean, he's a – short of injury, Miles Garrett's going to end up in camp. It's just – it's going to happen. He's that good. He's only going to get better uh, he, as he continues to improve. Uh, he is, you know, that's, that's a once-every-generation type player. You don't see guys like Miles Garrett come out, which is why, you know, it, it was insane to me that there were people, and you know who you were, who were sitting there going, what are you over this guy? He's a once-in-a-generation player who completely changes your team. And, you know, he's obviously a different type of dude than J.J. Watt, but it's that type of impact where, you know, you – he can com- – he completely dismantled the Jets by himself. I mean, he, it didn't matter what anyone else did almost at that point because he just completely dismantled it. He was unbelievable against the Rams and that type of stuff. So it's just – you have him and then Olivier Vernon's just sort of like this forgotten guy. And, like, I know that people always keep asking me, well – his stats suck and whatever. If you actually watch him play, he's so good. And I think this coming week, he's going to be super valuable against Lamar Jackson and what he does. Uh, he's going to keep him point, in. Lamar's going, not going outside of Olivier Vernon. Well, that – but at some point, Olivier Vernon's going to go off for like a multiple sack game. Uh, and, and instead of just getting pressure, he's actually going to put the quarterback on the ground. Uh, and it may be Baltimore. It may be because of – his ability to sort of get up the field, stay unblocked, and then sort of find where the quarterback's looking to go, uh, if, especially if Garrett flushes him to his side. But it's going to happen, and you just – you have such a special group up there that really hasn't really hit the peak of their powers. Obviously, Miles Garrett is playing out of his mind. But in terms of Sheldon Richardson and Larry Ogunjobi, I think you saw some of that against the Rams. I think there's more in there, but that's – how good this group can get. Oh, they're fun. There is no doubt about that. We got a little bit more to get to here, which we will do in, in a second here. Um, with Blinkist, you get unlimited access to read or listen to a massive library of condensed nonfiction books. All the books you want and all for one low price. Right now, for a limited time, Blinkist has a special offer just for the audience of all of our Locked On listeners, go to Blinkist and Blinkist.com slash Locked On, all caps, no space. Try for free for seven days and get 25% off your new subscription. subscription. If you're like me, you're not always paying attention to your bank account balance 
And the moment you see you're going to be overdrawn, it's too late. So you end up paying $37 for your Vente Caramel Macchiato. Um, that's where we introduce the Dave app, putting an end to overdraft fees for good. Dave is the number one budgeting app in America because it saves you from overdraft fees, tells you about upcoming bills, and can advance you $75 from your next paycheck with no credit check and no interest. Get the Dave app. And for just $1 per month, that's $12 a year, which is way less than an overdraft fee, and you'll never have to pay one again. Dave will help you budget for upcoming expenses, text you if you're spending too much, and if you need cash fast, advance you $75 in 90 seconds. Mark Cuban is an investor in the Dave app because he got crushed by overdraft fees in his 20s and wants nobody to ever pay for overdraft fees again. Three million people already use Dave to save up to $1,000 a year in overdraft fees. That's why it's the number one budgeting app in the app store. Go to dave.com slash locked on, all caps, no space. Um, never pay for overdraft fees again. It's immediate savings. Go now to dave.com slash locked on. Um, spelled just like it sounds, Dave the name, D-A-V-E, dave.com slash locked on. Now, Pete, when I got into a little bit of, you know, when I, I dug into what uh, the Ravens, look, they, we knew this and we talked about it. Look, they got seven sacks through three games. Judon has one sack per game. Pernell McPhee's old sorry, but it has two. There's five. They don't have much else going on pass rush-wise. The one thing is they tried to disguise it. Um, they bring a bunch of guys to the line of scrimmage. Um, not everybody's coming. Obviously, they, you know, they do have some injuries in the secondary, so they're missing some guys there. So they disguise what they're bringing. But this has got to be the week, Pete. They absolutely have to do this. Look, I, I don't know why they went that two-minute O to start the Redskins game. This has got to be the week where you've got to, A, number one, go with a little bit of that, but number two, get – to the line as fast as possible. We keep reiterating this. Baker, it's, a, he's, he, it's the generation of fast-paced quarterbacks. And the other thing is so much is done at the line of scrimmage. If you truly want to win this game and you want this offense to start, you know, basically putting the cork out the freaking bottle, you've got to up-tempo the way you're doing things. Yeah, I mean, part of the, you know you gotta get the line of scrimmage and allow your quarterback to make those checks and things. And I thought honestly that got a little bit better against. Absolutely, the- it did. But also though, it was the it was almost kind of a little bit of the wrong week to do it because look, the Rams go. You know, I mean, they're just damn good. That's you know they should have just said you know let's try a huddle. I mean, you should have tried nuances, experiments in that jet game. Maybe. Um- and I, I don't know if some of the issues in terms of getting lined up and stuff or the fact that they've basically been forced to run guys out there that they really didn't plan on and may not know anything. But the bottom line is that you you got to get back to a point where tempo is a weapon. 
you can either speed it up, slow it down, whatever. But all of it comes down to you got to get to the line of scrimmage. You've got to make it so ba Baker Mayfield can make his reads. You've got to make it so if you're going to check into things that he's able to do that. Uh, but And if you go fast, you know, you, you make it difficult for them to substitute and those type of things. So, you know, especially because the Browns are so short-handed, you know, if they get into a personnel group they like, you know, just go and keep the defense on the field and just keep going at them and, and take advantage of that. But, yeah, I, 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 we've talked about this all last year, and, I, you know, at times they did a really nice job with it, is you can use your pacing as a way to control the defense, you know, manipulate them, sort of work them over, and it al allowed – them to create some opportunities down the field with some, you know, uh, the motion and stuff that really became a problem for the Ravens. I think uh, this is obviously a different deal, different team, because they've got, they, they lost some at the second level, obviously losing CJ Mosley, but they've gained in terms of the secondary. Uh, Earl Thomas is a fantastic football player and they've got uh, some, some, some great options there, but there's still areas where they can sort of find, ways to, to create some opportunities. And obviously having players like Odell Beckham and things allow you to do that. But my guess is if the Ravens look at what everybody else is starting to do and play deep and sort of force, you know, the, the, the Browns to take smaller chunks and see if they'll make their own mistakes, which is really what has happened the last couple of weeks is, you know, they're all these teams are basically saying, look, if we force them to run a ton of plays they're either going to ultimately get penalties, get the quarterback to sack himself, or something else where they're, you know, we're, we're just going to be able to stop them and force them into a punt or a field goal. And that's part of the issue is because they have been unable and or unwilling in some combination to sort of just take the profit and move the chains and, and get some of these drives, they've done it like two or three times where they've had really nice sustained drives. But if they can do that and do it consistently, then it's going to start opening up some deeper options. Like we get, you know, people talking about, well, why are they running such and such? Why aren't they attacking down the field? It's hard to do that when they're just going to drop basically like either loose man or like cover four quarters type looks and basically say, we don't think you're going to be able to move the chains enough. So that becomes a part of this. And, and, and I think Nick Chubb and the running game is getting far better uh, but they have to be able to sort of meet that with the passing game and be able to sort of sustain. And this, you know, someone brought up something about personnel or whatever. And, you know, uh, you know, oh, well, there's a lot of 11 personnel. What are you supposed to do? They don't have a fullback on this roster. Um, you can't essentially go 10 personnel with what you have. One wide receiver forward. Nick Chubb is good. You've got to, you, you know, the, you're, you have to aid somehow, some way in run blocking. Um, look, Harris was supposed to be here as this guy that was supposed to be an extension of the blocking. Look, I don't want to, I, I will never throw him a ball. Um, that needs to stop. Um, Ricky Seals Jones is not the run blocker on paper with the history that Harris has. He needs to pick his game up all around Demetrius Harris, but it's, it's where you're at now, but you really, you know, it's not in Nick's best interest to just go, you know, obviously one running back, four wide receiver sets the entire time. 
you know, maybe there's a time where you can sprinkle that in, but that's, you know, we've talked about this. You've got to play what you got for the best success, but you know, you don't have to involve Harris as far as touching the ball. Pete. No. And, and I think, you know, I touched on this in an article I wrote this earlier this week is play your best 11. Like you find me where your best 11 is ever going to include Farrell Brown. And I, you know, I keep beating on this kid, but that's never going to happen. If, if that means Damian Ratley has got to get some more looks and he, he, he's done a nice job in, in, uh, he's gotten, I'd like to see, you know, I'd like to see more of those. If that means we got to find out, I mean, at some point we've got to put up or shut up with Taewon Taylor. Like he's either got to do something. You're ultimately, I think, Ta- I, I think Taewon Taylor, because he really gives you nothing on specials. The minute Antonio Callaway and this will be Monday morning, walks back into this building. The whole Taewon Taylor, it's over. Hodge is a good special teams player. So is Taylor going to stick around as the, what will then be fifth wide receiver? No, I think it's done. I'm trying to even think now. I'm trying to count them up between Odell, between Jarvis, between Richard, between Callaway, between Ratley. Oh, never mind. He's done. Taylor, it's going to be, oh, it's over Monday morning for Taylor. If, if, well, let's put it this way. If not now, you know, when does it happen? And, and the, you, the clock. And even out. if it was this week, it'd be auditioning, auditioning for somebody else because there's not, they're not going to, if they hadn't give up uh, on Callaway to this point, they're not going to. Taylor's done Monday morning. Well, I would think so based on, based on everything we've seen. The only thing sort of left to sort of see is that uh, Antonio Callaway's ankle is healthy and he's ready to go and all those things. Uh, and he's not 225. <laughs> Yeah, like I, I can't imagine. I have to think that as long as he's – because obviously he's had access to the medical people that he's, one, healthy, and two, I would assume, ready to go, and the Browns are basically eagerly anticipating his return for week five. Um, so in the meantime, you've got basically a week and a half of Taewon Taylor to sort of do it. It's this, this game and the next game uh, are basically it. So – that's got to happen. But anyway, the bottom line is play your best 11 guys. Whoever that is, you put your best 11 in there and find ways to got, put your offense around that, run your offense through that. Uh, don't run formations that necessitate players that aren't good. You know, that seems basic to me. But if that means getting more receivers out there and spreading things out and taking the profit, by all means, you've got a lot of options in terms of that. You've got if that means running multiple backs, which at some point is going to be a thing. No, uh, no doubt. It's going to be a 20 personnel thing. No doubt. So if that's the deal, then fine, do that. But either way, just play your best dudes and, and, and start there. And, and then you can sort of do that. And obviously playing your best guys is also going to include, you know, guys who know what they're doing. So you can hopefully go faster and be able to get in and out of, out of play calls and checks and all those things. Well, and when the game is on the line, how do you avoid yourself from possibly throwing a ball to Demetrius Harris with four cracks from the five-yard line is to make sure he's not on the freaking field. That's how you do that. Uh, Pete, uh, you know, obviously we're going to put this one to bed here. Uh, Browns, Maven, uh, what's the latest? I mean, I, you guys are putting it out. I love it. Uh, so today there's a thing on uh, Lamar Jackson. I think the Browns are really, really uh, equipped play him effectively but he is obviously special 
contain him and make him beat you by throwing the football. It is that simple. And then I did a thing on uh, where I think the offensive line is going, uh, whether it's the bye week or not soon after. I think I think there's a couple chances are going to happen and, and, and in terms of long-term scope where this thing's ultimately going to go. No, I, I agree with you. I mean, there's, you know, we know what the key players here are. And, you know, there's parts of McCray that I'd be okay if, you know, Chris Hubbard wanted to sit out another week. And it's, you know, it's not a massive upgrade, but it's just more of a, when you look at Chris Hubbard, he's viewed as an athletic tackle. McCray's got some nasty SOB to him, and that's kind of what I'm kind of all right with. And, you know, I'd like to see that in the running game. So there is that. Pete, league-wise, Brown-wise, it's, you know, we had to take 48 hours. I got to do these crossovers. Anything we haven't gotten to? Anything Pete Smith needs to get into here? Well, I mean, the only thing going on in the league right now is, is uh, other than Jalen Ramsey. Yes, is, is Jalen Ramsey and his alleged, if, you, if you've seen some people tweet about this, his alleged uh, birth of his second birth. child. Yes. yes. Uh, so, yeah, that's its own thing. Uh, Which means if you need me, pay me. Otherwise, I'm going to go ahead and uh, I'm going to burp my new child and I'm going to uh, change a couple diapers. And Jackson Supposedly, just... he doesn't even want to get paid by the Jags. He just wants out. But the Jags are looking for something akin to two first-round picks. and basically Look, David Mulligetta doesn't mess around. He will get the money. And there is this aspect to it is – if you play in Jacksonville, whatever money you get, it's a little bit richer than if you get it anywhere else. No state income tax, in, you know, obviously in the state of Florida. Um, but you know, maybe sees the writing on the wall. I mean, Gardner Minshew's a nice story. He's a fun story, whatever. But, uh, you know, some of these players, some of these agents, they're, more in, they're pretty intelligent, and they can look four or five years into the scope. Uh, the question is, is, you know, where does he go? I mean, you know, Kansas City seems hot and heavy, and they'd love to have him, but, you know, Jacksonville wants a king's ransom, and part of this is maybe Tom Coughlin where, oh, well, he's such a great player, and this is what we're going to get. And, but I think Tom Coughlin doesn't also understand the when the players got you by the cojones, you just take which – I mean, you take close to what you think is good. Um Look, Jalen, you know, he's not going to play against Denver. That's just not going to happen. The other thing that's interesting is the Seattle Seahawks traded uh, Nick Vanette to the Steelers for a fifth-round pick. and then The Steelers today, still thinking they're into it is cute, but go ahead, finish up. Well, in their def- slight defense on this one, um, first, if, first and for- foremost, it, it means Vance McDonald's probably got a significant injury, which unfortunately for Vance McDonald's... Well, Grimble went to, went to, D- Grimble went to IR. Um, Vance McDonald for now is still here, but yeah. And so they added Nick Vanette for a fifth-round pick, which I believe belonged to the Denver Broncos or Jacksonville Jaguars. I think, no, the Jags. It was the pick for uh, uh, of uh, Josh Dobbs. So whether they do well or not doesn't really matter. Uh, the other part that's interesting is Seattle, despite giving away, uh, you know, giving giving away Nick Vanette, has turned around today and released and waived their fourth round pick, uh, the receiver from West Virginia, Gary Jennings. Ooh, so, ooh, um, which is kind of interesting, and I expect teams are somebody. 
I'm looking at. We liked him in Taiwan Taylor. I mean, granted, there's probably not any room for him come Monday. Yeah, there's no chance he's going to get get there. But I expect somebody. New York Giants. Well, the you know the Dolphins, the any of these teams could all put in a claim for him. But it's interesting that Seattle's moved on from two players uh, in as many days. Uh, one of which they spent a draft pick on, the other one they sent for a draft pick. So uh, they're trying to get some things squared away. And as the Chikai polite world turns beat, he is now on the Rams practice squad. Yeah, I, I just hope for his sake he gets to keep something from each of these teams because he's got – I mean, like if he's getting T-shirts and like shorts and all that stuff, I mean, because maybe it's something he can sell from the basement of the retired mom's Twitter account because – um, if he's thinking about retiring moms, I, I think she just took on a third job. She's working, you know, the overnight at the White Castle drive-thru. He's got to have, like, five teams practice jerseys at this point. It, it, it's terrible to see. It, at this point, it, even if I was the Rams, first thing I would do is you were going to meet with a psychiatrist. Like, what the hell is wrong with you, son? You got talent. You've got – literally, you have a lottery ticket in your hands – and you pee on it and flush it down the toilet. Like, just a freaking mess in that standpoint. Uh, we're going to put it – this is it. We're done here now. Um, Pete Smith, uh, obviously check out everything. Browns, Maven, uh, through the uh, you know SI site, through the SI, uh, Sports Illustrated apps. Uh, they're doing a great job. Obviously, Pete's added somebody on, and I almost felt my chair the other day when there was some fantasy advice coming out. Obviously, you know, Pete's – there's some help been added over there to Browns, Maven. Check out Brains, Browns Maven on Twitter as well. Uh, Pete himself, at underscore PeteSmith.com. The show, at LockedOnBrowns, all lowercase. Um, DMs are always open. It's a follow-back account. You guys, look, I, I will try and continue. It's getting a lot, but I will try to continue to follow up with every DM set. I understand a lot of people are not, you know, huge as putting stuff on the timeline, but, you know, I will do my best to give responses to everything you guys send me through DMs. Porn bots, look, I just don't have the time. I mean, you're all cute in your profile pictures, but your name is probably Earl, whatever, and you're a six foot three, two 275-pound Hungarian man. I ain't got the time for that nonsense. Uh, me personally, at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. DMs are open over there uh, over there as well. Again, you guys, you know, you work with me. You put up with us for the amount of time you do here for which turns out to be, what, you know, 30, 40,000 downloads a week. So I appreciate you guys. I will do all I can for you in that respect especially with all of them going through. So everybody, you know, and still the well wishes, I appreciate it. But look, we're doing our best trying to gravitate towards the next stage. Uh, look, Sunday's huge. I don't want to hear it. I mean, if you can be with as rough as this play has been through the first four weeks, if you can head into October at the quarter mark leading the division, you call it a W. And whatever the growing pains, whatever's gone on here, whether it's Freddie – and, and Baker and whatever, throw it on the rear view. Go into Baltimore, knock Lamar Jackson around a few times, get this offense on the track that we know the capabilities of it is here, and let's get it done here. That's what it is about. That is the goal come Sunday at 1 o'clock in Baltimore. Uh, this has been your daily delivery of all things dogbound. LGB on the LOB. Let's go Browns.